I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Well, of course the dam is breaking. You didn't think it was going to stop the red wave, did you? It's high noon for Friday, December 4th, 2020. Go follow the business on the Telegram app, the Telegram Messenger app. I will try to be as absolutely clear about this as I can because people are getting confused. And that's okay. I know it's a new app. It's hard to get used to a new app. Last thing we want is a new app. But the thing is, you won't have more apps if you just get rid of the old ones that are trying to steal your soul. So uh, t.me slash I'm your moderator. Search I'm your moderator on the Telegram Messenger app. You will know you've reached the right place when you see the picture that you're so used to. And the thing says, I'm your moderator info stream or I'm your moderator discussion. And so you can join them both. But the one that you should join is the I'm your moderator info stream because that's the stuff that I send out every day. Okay, enough of that. The dam has broken. The video that emerged from State Farm Arena yesterday is damning. Now, that came out in the second hearing of the Georgia legislators yesterday. The first hearing was them asking questions to the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's attorney representing the Secretary of State, because I guess he's just too busy to show up himself. Or he doesn't want to go on the record. But either way, that hearing is kind of boring. But the second hearing was kind of exciting. So a video emerged from State Farm Arena. The Trump legal team got their hands on this two nights ago. So Wednesday night. And the hearing was yesterday, Thursday. No one had seen the video before then. And so one of the lawyers from Trump's Atlanta team presented this video showing that in the morning on election day, a black table had been set up or a table had been set up with like a black tablecloth over it or something like that. It's hard to tell, but I think that I'm describing it correctly. You can watch the video. And some suitcases were put under that table. And not touched or moved or paid any attention to for the entirety of the day until the State Farm Arena shut their voting, their counting down in the evening due to a water main break that never happened. And they kicked all the, uh, the counters, the poll workers out of the room. Four remained, none of them obviously Republicans. And 
once they had done a little cleanup and everybody had left, they resumed counting. But they didn't just resume normal counting. No, they pulled four suitcases of ballots out from under that table and then processed all of those in the middle of the night with no one watching. That is so illegal. And that little tool, uh, what was his name? Gabe Sterling, who gave that very uh, impassioned acting performance the other night. Very bad actor, by the way. Talking about how this has to stop. These threats, these have to stop these crazy conspiracy rumors. And he's still at it. He's saying, yeah, that's just normal counting. No, it's not. And why were those ballots left there all day? Well, that got me to thinking. Some of you have been listening since the summer will know parts of the story I'm about to tell you. This is what I think happened. I have had my eye on the More Than a Vote project since its inception. More Than a Vote is an organization, quote unquote, started by LeBron James and his business partner, Maverick Carter. Now, I took the extra step of actually looking into more than a vote back in the summer and was clicking around through their FAQs and their legal information. And I found that they are, in fact, a subsidiary of Rock the Vote. Now, Rock the Vote is a Democratic get-out-the-vote organization that imagines itself to be all about registering young voters. And we know this organization. They've been around since the 90s. I think that it was a Rock the Vote event where Bill Clinton played his saxophone and said that he has smoked marijuana but never inhaled. If you never heard these stories, go back and look. I'm sure there's video. And Bill Clinton is a very entertaining guy. So the thing is, I am incredibly hesitant to endorse or trust any activism, much less all of it. And I don't believe that Rock the Vote is a voter registration organization. I believe that Rock the Vote is a voter fraud organization. What are they using all that money for? Just to get people to sign up to vote when you can do that online? No. Give me a fucking break. I imagine that Rock the Vote has a pretty extensive data operation. And I imagine that with that data operation, they can target, let's say, people who have moved out of state and are still registered. People who have died and are still registered. All sorts of people, really. But what I don't think they're doing is making sure that young people register something that they can just do themselves online. You know, young people. They understand the Internet. But anyway, no big deal. So Rock the Vote has access in Michigan and I imagine elsewhere to be able to add registrants to the voter rolls without a middleman. It's a public-private partnership. 
Now, in a state with universal mail-in balloting, is it hard to imagine that Rock the Vote could be registering people whenever they want, know exactly where all those ballots are going to be sent because they put the addresses in themselves, and then get those ballots, fill them out, and have them moved into the counting center in four suitcases that are left under a table all day and then counted while there's no one around. Could that happen? Uh Uh-huh, it could. Did it happen? I guess we'll find out. But the thing is, I'd really like to know if we can get the security footage from the rest of the more than a vote facilities. All the arenas. Give them all to me. Either that or LeBron James has got to let me quiz him. Hey, LeBron, did you start more than a vote yourself? No? Okay. So who started it? Rock the vote? Yep. Got it. You don't see any problem with that? No? Okay. Why is your logo the same communist fist that Black Lives Matter uses? Why? Pray tell. Should one of our big priorities be expanding access, voting access to felons? Now, if felons are legally allowed to vote, by all means, go ahead. But why were you and Michael Bloomberg paying their fines so that they could vote? Now, that seems odd. I would like to quiz you further on that. LeBron, Chinese ambassador to the NBA. And reel me this, LeBron. Why, when we were told that voting in person was dangerous, did you actively go set up massive indoor voting centers? Why was it allowed that Dodger Stadium could become a voting center when California was sending out universal mail-in ballots and telling all of us that voting in person was extremely dangerous and that voting by mail was extremely safe? Why did so many votes come in from Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles? Now, if you're not from L.A. and you've never been to Dodger Stadium... Dodger Stadium is in basically Echo Park, which is, you know, populated. It's still part of the city, but it's not densely populated. It's not like Staples Center downtown where you are right in the heart of downtown. Los Angeles is pretty spread out in general. But the thing is, Dodger Stadium is not only a place that you have to sit in heavy traffic to get to. It's also a place with a massive like parking lot and a whole lot of walking to get into wherever you're going. It is a logistical nightmare to want to go vote there. But yet they have the most of anywhere. That's odd. So while they were running the interference campaign saying that in-person voting was so dangerous because they wanted 
universal mail-in balloting. Again, you can watch Pelosi talk about the relief package today, and she talks about how it was an intentional decision by them not to extend the relief package because they weren't getting what they wanted. I've explained this a bunch of times, but what they wanted was universal mail-in balloting, unsolicited universal mail-in balloting, and ballot harvesting. They wanted both of those things in the relief package to be made law on the basis of the coronavirus. Okay. At the same time, they're setting up massive arenas for voting. No, no, obviously no. You can't hold both those positions. They are lying. Everyone can see that. If you don't see it, then you're trying to make excuses for them that you would not make for anything else. That is, if you are a smart person and good decision maker. You might forgive that kind of obvious dishonesty and contradiction with the people in your life. And that would be a mistake then, too. The entire issue was obvious bullshit from day one. Okay, The virus either does or does not make it dangerous to vote in person. It doesn't suddenly get less dangerous if it's at an arena. And of course, we already knew it was safe to vote in person because, of course, it is. But also, even Anthony Fauci said that during the summer. He said, if you can go run errands, then you can go in person to vote, period. That's not controversial. Then they still tried to say for months that the universal mail-in balloting was needed. They pulled off their whole uh, U.S. Postal Service conspiracy hoax trying to say that Donald Trump was stealing mailboxes for fuck's sake. And now, of course, we do have Postal Service whistleblowers telling us exactly what was happening. But that probably doesn't matter. It's a good thing that all the wokes and commies and maskies made a big stink online about mailboxes. How dumb do you have to be? So I want to see all the footage. Because now we know that one of these centers is provable beyond a shadow of a doubt that voter fraud occurred. Sorry, election fraud. I often use those interchangeably and I wish I didn't. I'm going to try to be better about that. But election fraud is the systematic kind. Voter fraud is like if someone is fraudulently voting. All right. A person. So I'm going to really try to hold myself to that. But This is obvious proof of election fraud. You cannot deny it. All you have to do is look at it. There is no acceptable reason why four suitcases of ballots would have been hidden under the tables all day and then immediately pulled out after they close the counting and after they get rid of all the people that might be watching them. And of course, by now they've identified the people that were pulling this off in that room and they have other video of them doing other things. This is unquestionable. And even Brian Kemp now, the uh, communist governor of Georgia, who is obviously a complete sellout and fraud himself, has now meekly called for a hand recount. Well, Brian, you guys already certified it. So right there, you're admitting that you did not do due diligence at all. And you're going to blame it on someone else, as you always do. 
This is what the commies do. Well, you know, it was an isolated incident and it was a glitch. It was a clerical error. It was uh, this spontaneous action by this one person. It was only this group of people. We didn't mean to kick the poll watchers out. It was because of the water main break that didn't happen. But wait, 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 it gets worse. That's my impression of Onyx. Do you know who Onyx is? <laughs> I bet like four people do. And they're like, actually, that was funny. Everybody else is like, okay, he's fucking crazy. And maybe I am. That's all right. So let's get a little crazier. I mean, what we have here is a direct, totally understandable, totally executable series of events that leads to obvious voter fraud that they thought would be easy to cover up. But it turns out the security footage that caught them in the act was from the arena. And so one of the election officials that appeared before the first hearing yesterday was uh, from Wayne County, and he kept harping on his relationship with the Atlanta Hawks and someone there that I think he, he said his name is Steve Coonan, Coonan the Barbarian, and he wouldn't let it go. He was very proud of this relationship, and this is something that I've noticed in Hollywood that I'm really, really keen to. And, you know, maybe my my radar for this stuff is just a little bit is tuned a little bit too high, kind of like a, uh, a PCR test for coronavirus. But when I see people talking consistently about how proud they are of relationships with rich or famous people or organizations, I get a little worried because there is nothing particularly special about the Atlanta Hawks offering that space for them to set up an election center there. It's not like they're, they're presenting it as if it's some great good to the community, but that's not what it is. Every community has been just fine voting in the past. Now, yes, there's little problems here and there. Okay, we can work on those. But we've executed elections in this country with all paper ballots, millions and millions of them. Again, these systems are relatively new. We don't actually need computers to do any of this stuff. And we know for a fact that it's less safe when we do that, especially when they're connected to the Internet, as many of these systems have been. But he was really, really hammering on this Atlanta Hawks thing, trying to just say how great everything in Wayne. Wait, not Wayne County. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, Fulton County. Sorry, Wayne County's Detroit. There's so many counties with problems that are exactly the same. Um, how does that happen? But so this guy's like trying to support how well Fulton County performed in this election by claiming that the Atlantic Hawks were helpful. It was just very odd and it was totally irrelevant. Like the Atlanta Hawks might be the coolest, most upstanding organization of all time. Great. That doesn't mean that they made the vote more secure when we know for a fact it isn't. 
And so the second hearing, you know, the, the attorney from the Trump team played this video and one Democrat had decided to join the hearing, I guess, to, you know, dispute the things that the witnesses said. And immediately she tries to dispute the video. She says this has been debunked already. And the team of attorneys is like, wait a second. This video was only seen for the first time 11 hours ago, like late last night. So this video hasn't been debunked at all. And she was like, well, you know, the the stories that this video represents have all been debunked. But again, no, they haven't. And debunked is one of those weird words that that commies use, like fact checked to pretend that they don't actually need to make an argument. Like this has been debunked is absolutely not an argument. What you're saying is someone who paid more attention to this than me came up with a reason why it's not wrong. And I accepted that even though I didn't read it from now on, whenever anybody says to me that something's been fact checked or debunked, I'm going to immediately quiz them. And the quiz question will be, okay, by all means, explain the debunking to me. And then let me ask you questions that I don't believe that that debunking can answer. And then I will accept your answer that this was debunked, but only if I can quiz you. Because otherwise, what you're saying is nothing. What you're saying is that there is someone smarter than me and that person already solved it. So you don't have to. And you'll just say the thing they said, because you know that that person is smarter than me. And the way you know it is because they're Democrats. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we get this fact check now from a company called Lead Stories. Who heard of them before? Did you ever hear of Lead Stories before a few weeks ago? It's odd, isn't it? Would it surprise you if most of Lead Story's employees were CNN employees at one time or another? Raheem Kassam t- talked about this today on War Room. That matters. These fact check organizations, they can call themselves independent, but the only thing that they're independent from is Facebook. They appear on Facebook because Facebook hired them. Facebook saying they're independent is Facebook trying to shift liability for what they are saying and doing. They're saying, they're saying, well, you know, we supply these fact checks as a resource and those fact check organizations are independent from Facebook. So what they claim is not our responsibility. Well, that's weird because it doesn't actually take the responsibility away from Facebook Because they're not fact-checking the fact-checkers, are they? So they're really just saying these fact-checkers are right, which is the same thing as Facebook doing the fact-checking and debunking themselves. And while I'm on the subject of social media, there was something else interesting this morning. Donald Trump tweeted, whistleblowers reveal that the U.S. Postal Service is responsible for tampering with hundreds of thousands of ballots. And he tags OAN. This longtime Democrat stronghold got rid of massive numbers, especially in swing states. 
during and before delivery of the ballots. Well-documented evidence. You want to think that Trump's lying? What he's saying there is the stronghold is the Postal Service, by the way. And the Postal Service Union endorsed Joe Biden during the fake mailbox scam. They took our mailboxes. So it's not hard at all to believe that the U.S. Postal Service is up to no good, that they started making trouble in the neighborhood. But the interesting part is that Twitter did not flag this post. They did not say that this claim is disputed. And that might sound like nothing, like maybe they just missed this one. But that would be real odd because they're pretty good about flagging the president's posts. And Twitter no longer feeling comfortable to say that that claim is in dispute is very interesting. Because that's exactly the type of claim that they've been searching for and killing this entire time. Donald Trump is directly accusing the U.S. Postal Service of tampering with hundreds of thousands of ballots and says he has well-documented evidence and Twitter doesn't flag it. There has to be a reason why. And I think I know that reason and we'll see what happens. But I think it's about Twitter's liability. And I think that that's directly connected to Instagram instituting new terms of service exactly 45 days after the election when the report comes out required by Donald Trump's 2018 executive order applying certain sanctions to foreign interference in the elections. That is what I believe. Let's find out. Because all we need is just a little patience and we will know. All we need is just a little red wave. So the last thing I want to talk about is Linwood in Georgia, because people are still uh, up in arms about that Breitbart article from a couple of nights ago. And a bunch of Republican uh, senators and congressmen have been trying to disavow Linwood. One of those is Ted Cruz. One of those is Dan Crenshaw. And we know that Mitch McConnell is the one who dropped the story to Breitbart about Linwood having contributed to Obama in 2008. And so there's even a, uh, a Trump-affiliated social media account like the Trump War Room that has tried to distance from Lynn Wood. And all that's fine. But the important part is that now we know Mitch McConnell, Ted Cruz, and Dan Crenshaw are out of the club. Okay? I no longer trust those people. Because what they are doing is trying to protect Senate power. They're not trying to get to the bottom of this, this election fraud. If they were, they could talk to Linwood and find out exactly what he knows. But that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it so that Donald Trump will potentially not be president, but that they'll still retain their hold on the Senate and retain their hold on power. Now, a lot of people have different points of view about whether or not we should be encouraging voting for Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue down in Georgia. The thing is, just like Joe Biden, I don't see any positive case being made for either of them. What are they going to do? 
What are they going to do? Are they standing up for the for their own constituents right to vote? No. Trump's going down to Georgia tomorrow ostensibly to campaign for them. But I don't think it's for that. I think Donald Trump is doing his own thing and using that runoff as a publicly reasonable justification for going out and holding a rally. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. Whatever he needs to do, he needs to do. All good. But I don't see any reason why we need to vote for, and I'm obviously not going to vote because I'm in California. And this is the people of Georgia's own choice. But I don't see any justification for voting them just so that we can hold the Senate. That's a lie. Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, who else? We're trusting these people to be stalwarts against socialism? Doubtful. And what happens if, it, if we get one and one and Kamala is the deciding vote? Then all these Republican actors can continue pretending to serve the people while really just playing opposition party for show as long as they can retain power. I'm not about that. And I don't think Georgia voters are about that. And I don't think the Trump movement's about that. Because the Trump movement isn't about Trump. It's about getting rid of corrupt politicians so that we can have our country back. That's the priority. And sorry, voting for Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue does not accomplish that. And we're all supposed to be so scared of socialism. Well, the way to solve that is to get proper election results before we never get proper election results again. And these Republicans in power need to know that if they don't stand up, they are finished. That is not an unreasonable position. The priority here is getting back the sanctity of the vote, not pretending that we have these backstops against Democrat corruption and policy, especially when those backdrops will be a lie. Mitt Romney marched with Black Lives Matter. You think he cares about the country? Give me a break. There needs to be a positive case made for Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. And the way they make that case for themselves is by standing up for people's most basic rights. And that's it. I'll be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Mastin lockdowns don't work, and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. 
It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel-couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'mYourModerator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon, down on the range. It's hell!